You know what I hear a lot? Charlie LeDuc Newsman, I thought you were dead. I'm not dead. I'm doing the news, the real news, right here, the No BS News Hour. You can find us on YouTube, you can find us on Facebook, Odyssey, or download it wherever you get your podcasts. Power the people. Live from downtown Detroit, it's No BS News Hour with my main man, mess <laughs> this is a hot ass look it's no secret we're moving we got a new secret location studio in the heart of downtown detroit and everything's blowing up sorry about last week sorry about what's ready to happen on this program i'm sure it's gonna fuck up <laughs> who's, who's the homeless who's the homeless, <laughs> homeless guy that's nursing home joe the whistleblower who wants to let you know what the Whitmer administration has not done for the elderly living in congregate care. He blew the whistle on the uh, treasurer of the Democratic State Party, one of Whitmer's besties, and he's now fired in out on his ass. So good for you, dude. Thanks, Charlie. You lean in there. Thank you, Charlie. You're welcome, man. I tell you what, you can grab that broom and clean up. We'll, we'll get you a sandwich. <laughs> Did you get a... Severance package? No. Man, he's I did dirty, not. dirty people. Congressman Pete Meyer out on his ass. He's joining us to explain why. There goes the middle of the road, dude. Uh oh, he'll tell us all about Capitol Hill. The queen of the scene, Karen, of course. But before we do this, I'm really fucking pissed. The Democrats in this state took our video of Tudor Dixon being on our program saying even a 14-year-old victim of incest and rape should carry the baby. That's proprietary. That's ours. You didn't ask permission. All of a sudden, I'm running statewide. I'm running state fucking wide, and they never asked. Play the commercial. If you take Tudor Dixon at her word when it comes to outlawing abortion, she's told us exactly who she is. Are you for the exemptions for rape and incest? I am not. You said no exception. So the question would be like a 14-year-old who, let's say, is a victim of abuse by an uncle. Okay, yeah, you, you, you say you carry that? No exceptions for rape and incest, or what about health of the mother? No exception. Tudor Dixon. That's not acceptable from Michigan. Okay. Is, is this too loud? Turn down my headsets, bro. Because I'm about ready to start screaming. Thank you. That might be what Tudor Dixon's all about, but you never got my permission. That's a super PAC, and behind the super PAC is the Democratic Governors Association. Cease and desist. Take it off the air. We don't work for you. We don't like you. We're nonpartisan. Same with the Republicans. You may not use it. And had you called me and asked me, I may have let you use it, provided that you gave us your candidate to sit and answer questions. But Governor Wimmer doesn't have the guts that Tudor Dixon had. Sit here and you answer about those nursing homes. You answer about those contracts, those secret bye-bye clauses 
for the incompetence. You're going to answer for the roads. You're going to answer for unemployment. You're going to answer for this messed up budget, but you won't do it. You've been shucking and jiving for four years. You don't have, take it down. What time is it? It's Friday about what? 1.30? Yeah. You got to end of business. End of business. Take it down. You understand the law. That's proprietary. That is in parody. You're not making fun of stuff. That's not commentary. Commentary means you would be talking about the stuff that we do on the No Bullshit News Hour. Like when I write a book and the New York Times does a review, they may take excerpts. You can't just grab shit. Answer the fucking questions. Am I wrong, Karen? No, you're not wrong, Charlie, but it speaks to two things. Opinion. One, the value of what you're doing here. On Hold the on a second. I apologize. One second. It's the newly elected congressman from the 13th, Sri Tanner. Sri, I don't have time for you right now. Can I call you after the show? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Congress. <laughs> Better late than never. Please go ahead. We'll get to that. It speaks to it speaks to the value and the importance of what you're doing here, uh, but the legitimacy of it as well. I mean, but it's interesting that it's worthy enough to duplicate and to steal and use in a commercial, but still not enough for them to come on themselves. And and that's that's a concern in my opinion. What do you think, narcolepto? I'm going to call the Democrats, man. Give, give us your take on it. I mean, because it's all us. Byron's back. It's sure. it's us. Yeah, I look, I, I think the most important thing is that she actually answers questions like you've said, which I, I think it would behoove her to come on down here and be grilled. But you know what's going to happen? She'll say something stupid and then the RNC will use that without permission in, in, in their commercial. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's afraid of saying something stupid. She's afraid of being challenged. Well, here's the thing. I mean, we're kind of aware of what goes on in this state. We understand the fiscal policy. Yeah. We understand contracting for roads. We understand the hunger of working people. But you know, you know me, right? I go a little to the left, right? You know, you're that. a registered Republican. I am, though. That is true. Would, How did you know that? Were you doing background checks on me? I know everything. <laughs> I did. I did vote in the Republican primary, not for the person that won, though. Who'd you vote? Who'd you vote for? Rinky. Okay. Businessman. Um, but I want. I want questions answered. I voted for her. I wanted to answer questions. I voted for her why, too. Why is it so fucking? We're hard? not your stooge. Yeah. You're you're afraid of us, and then you you find something in common, and I'm I'm gonna call a woman responsible for it. Ooh. This is, this is Roderica. No, that's, that's Rod. Who thinks she's going to answer? <laughs> She'll answer. Charlie, there, will she answer your call, Charlie? Let me see here. Let's see here. I know, it's very exciting. Let's find out. <laughs> the clock's ticking on him. <laughs> I want an answer. Who, who can't? No, I, it's been her whole thing. No answers. You've been asking for an answer for a hey, long hold on. time. Uh, hey, uh, Ro, I'm, I'm on the air. Can I put you on the air? Or should we just talk quietly? Uh, I, I, yeah, I can't just be put on the air. Okay. Not here. Okay, they can hear me, but not you. Hey, listen, when you clipped that Tudor Dixon thing and made it available to all the press, I called you and said, you clipped it. You didn't say it was us. You said you'd correct it. It never got corrected. Hmm. A press release. A press. Well, here's here. Put this in the press release. I never gave. I never gave the governor's associate association permission to use that, and I want it pulled by the end of business today. Because I mean, because now you don't. We got stories all the way through November. I. We're not friends. We're not. I'm not friends with the Democrats. 
Listen, I want the governor. Okay, you call me right back. I mm. want the governor. Mm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Charlie, you too scaring her. <laughs> well, Pete, Pete, Pete. Yeah. They, they did this to you. This is Congressman Pete Meyer from the West Side of the State, Grand Rapids. They redistrict his his uh his congressional district. And it's now actually about three points leaning Democrats. So it's a very centrist um uh district now. And what the Democrats did, this is really kind of new, is they put a half a million dollars into the Republican primary. You got a far-right Trump administration official who is an election denier, and they're running commercials basically tongue-in-cheek against you by saying, uh, John Gibbs, he's too conservative to pull the conservative people to the polls to wipe you out. They did that, did they not, sir? They did. It worked. Um, <laughs> but it's not just the super PACs or, or the, you know, the, the Democratic Governors Association. I mean, it's the ad that you just showed. That wasn't an ad after the primary. That ad ran a week into the well, week before the gubernatorial primary to try to sink Tudor Dixon and hurt her because they didn't want to run against her. Right. But at the same time, in our race, it was a similar dynamic. Uh, but it was the first time that the DCCC, the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, this is what all you know, Democratic members, they pay their dues into this. This is the entity that's supposed to come and bail them out and help them out in, in their hard fought races. They took a half million dollars of their own members dues and spent it in this way. Uh, so I, I've said a lot about this. I mean, it's just a, the, the smug self-righteousness of some of my Democratic colleagues and Democrats saying that they're the party of, of democracy and, and there are some things that go beyond partisan politics. No, that was bullshit. So Everything is partisan politics. Let's take uh, a look at it, right? Okay, so what, you and, and nine other Republicans voted to impeach Trump, correct? Is It, it was 10. And you're Correct. one of them. And they love you for reaching across the aisle. And, and, you know, Pete really cares about democracy and doing the right thing. And then when it's time, dude, you're on the block. I mean, what, does, what do any of these parties stand for? You can do it now, Pete. You're out on your ass, bro. Go on. You can oh, say I, it now. I'm, How I'm, gross is free it? Free at last. Free at last. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's disgusting. And, and it's like. I don't expect to pat on the back, but if you're patting me on the back and, and, and knifing me from the front, you know, you just get your message straight. Like that, I think, was just the most ham-fisted and, and cynical part of all of this. Uh, and the other reality is that, you know, it's a Democratic-leaning seat. Uh, Biden won it by nine points in 2020, right? So there's a very good chance that it could flip, um, but it may not. And so, I mean, this strategy is could backfire on the Democrats. And also, the other thing that it does and again, taking myself out of this equation, but if the message is never break with your own party, never maybe put principles or, or conscience above partisan interest, um, because if you do, you won't just get punished from your own side, but the other side will try to take you out as well. So there's no more center when it comes to Washington. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, everybody hates the center. The center is too far left um, for those on the right and too far right for those on the left. And it's a, a very lonely place to be. Everybody again, I'm, I'm hates the, right? everybody hates the center. And now that the primaries are over, you're begging me to pay attention to you. We, we decide everybody hates the center. Everybody's is in the center. 
And I re resent these parties trying to drive us to places we don't want to be. You know, like you voted for gay marriage. However you feel about it, that shit's been around now. What, what you going to do? Take away marital rights from people? How about we get together and say nobody gets sanctified by the government to be married. It's a civil union. And then you can go to your mosque. You can go to your church. You can go to your synagogue. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I don't think women should have to carry a child of incest and rape. Right. But I don't think you should be able to suck the head off a kid at eight and a half months. I, what the fuck is going on? That's pretty common sense. Take us off the air. That's pretty common sense. Or keep it on the Nobody air. I'll make it the deal going. and get that woman in here. Go ahead, Karen. Nobody knows what's going on, Charlie. No, I'm just, you know, I mean, and I've been thinking, you know, and I listen to Pete talk about the parties. I mean, is it time for the party to be over? I mean, it's what is either party doing for the people that they represent? I mean, everything is, is divisive. And at the end of the day, there are no results for anybody. I mean, we're all still sitting here left wrangling with how to, you know, in, increase the quality of our lives. It's it, like, what's happening? Yes, we're getting, we're getting bullshitted by the media too. Pete, let, let's go like this. We're looking at inflation, right? The biggest yep. growth in inflation, one of the last four administrations have added more, have set record budget deficits and added more to the mm -hmm. federal debt than ever. Bush cut taxes, started wars, didn't pay for them. Obama's spending a trillion a year for like, you know, eight years. Trump, everybody thinks the economy was great. He was running a trillion dollar deficit. We were printing money all through Trump. And then Biden comes in with his woke business, does another two trillion. It was all of them. This inflation boogeyman is 20 years old and you're all playing games because you don't know the basics and the media doesn't want to give it to you. They want to play. No. They want to, right? Well, and, 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 and you hope, I mean, th this is what I think I see from a lot of politicians is, and a lot of my colleagues, frankly, is it's like, well, yeah, the check is going to come due, but as long as we're not in office and the ones that have to pay for it, no harm, no foul. Yep. Right? And I think yep. that's just an incredibly cynical and selfish way of looking at is it. That, I, mean, is I was in high school. You know, the high school textbooks I had for U.S. government, right? I mean, they had, uh, it was during, they were printed during the Clinton administration. And it had a little line, you know, showing, you know, the U.S. debt. And now all of a sudden the debt was going down and we were going to be debt free by, I think, like 2007. Right. And then 9-11 happened and things kind of went a little bit off kilter. And now we have added about $10 trillion to the national debt just in the last six years. I mean, it's, it's and some bi bi here. bipartisan votes like normalization of trade with China, like NAFTA, like the repeal of Glass-Steagall, which is banking deregulation, which gave you. The real estate collapse. That's what they did. And we're not going to fix it. Karen, he, they pretended in Michigan that they were going to redistrict, right? The gerrymandered Republicans are in charge and they keep drawing bizarre little uh, congressional and uh, state Senate districts. And we're going to make it fair. But they didn't make it fair. It's run by a, a bunch of, you know, if you really want to get down to it, it was more lefty and woke than it was Republican because the Republicans used to let the black representative draw their districts, put them in whole, and then draw the rest. Now, with the redistricting, we don't have one black representative from Detroit going to Congress for the first time in 70 years. Instead of four state senators from Detroit, we got one. Is, how's this even legal? 
Well, Charlie, it is legal. I mean, you know, your your redistricting committee redrew those line, those congressional lines, those district lines, and this is what we're left with. You know, I mean, and it's crazy because I've gotten so many calls and people are saying, "Oh, this is unfair," and blah blah blah. Yeah, I understand. And think about this. You know, at the state level, you know, Bullock lost his seat. He he lost um, in the re-election attempt. You had Betty Jean Alexander, who was kicked off the ballot, and. Um, Adam Ollier, who left to run for uh, his congressional seat, and he lost. So there's a total of 20 wide, but just for Detroit, you've got Sylvia Santana, and then you've got Stephanie Chang, who's not black, but who represents um, you know, the Asian community. The interesting thing from my perspective, though, Charlie, is that for me, politics is local. And so when you start talking about representation and leadership that looks like your constituency, Complaining about the largest black city in the country having a white mayor. Okay, I'm going ju- to jump in because you're, you're, I'm going to make sure that your connection is, okay. is solid. Okay. Let's just remember this. In my Senate district, you got Mallory, what's McMorrow? McMorrow. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They redrew my shit. My shit goes from like the heart of Detroit on the west side, Oak Park, Pleasant Ridge, Ferndale, Royal Oak. Birmingham, Clawson. I can't wait to watch Mallory go to a community meeting at like uh, McNichols isn't, and, isn't, and Greenfield. Isn't Highland, Park, isn't Highland Park in there too, Charlie? It possibly, but that's 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 my representative district now. It's this okay. is like wh- what do we have in common? These these are different communities separated by class, race, geography, eight mile road, uh, political boundaries, Oakland County, uh, Wayne County. What do we even know? This is going to be a hot mess. And if you look back at what they did to Peter, you might've all created a monster. I mean, no offense, anybody going to vote for Gibbs. I don't think you're a monster, sir. I'm looking at it from the Democrats. They really went after Pete. They think they can beat this guy, Gibbs, this far right guy. And what if you don't? But Charlie, think too, you've got two black males that are running for Congress uh, as a Republican. As Republicans. Uh, so you've got, yeah, so you've got John James Three. and uh, uh, Martel Bivens, Bivens, I believe his name is. So you've got those two two black men that will represent. And Gibbs. <laughs> Gibbs, okay. So three, right, uh, so, Pete? You know, three. Be, right. And they're all Republicans. I mean, the, the, and that's all re- the, 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 you know. I mean, Charlie, you ask, like, how does that make sense? I mean, it's because it, it, the, the standard shifted under the interpretation of the Voting Rights Act. Um, and former Attorney General Holder, when he went to kind of the redistricting project, the goal was shifting from minority representation to minority preference so that it could be considered a VRA district if it would be more than likely to elect a candidate that the minority community there of significance would support. And what that translated to was, well, as long as it's a Democrat, we're fine. Yeah, let me uh, let me put so this in. Lower let me, the threshold from. 50% let me let me put this in some regular people talk. They decided to cut Detroit up into strips and get them into the suburbs because Detroit overwhelmed ninety five percent Democrat, five percent Republican every year. So in order to take some of those lockdown Democratic votes in Detroit and make sure the woke people in the suburbs get those votes, they called that difference 95 minus 5, that 90% they call a wasted vote. That is the term they're using for you, Detroit. A wasted vote. Let's take it and get some representation and throw you some peanuts. This is not going to hold up. Now, having said that, let me just say that this very interesting political look at the landscape of Michigan was brought to you by, give me some Luke Nowak music.
Luke Nowacki reminds you that overreaction is not a strategy for the long-term investor. Neither is burying your head and hoping inflation is going to come down and it all turns out for the best. Call my friend Luke Nowacki at Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748 for rational financial advice. Securities and investment advisories have office of Roland Associates and Member FI Rights APC. Roland Associates is separately owned another and these marketing names, products and services, private physician, and Roland Associates. Thank you. That's suffice. And listen, I mean, they're going to be spending more money. We got more money coming. We got climate money coming. We got all kinds of money coming. You're in trouble. You have credit card debt, student loans. You know it's all going up. Is there a home remodeling project you just need to get money for? A cash at home refi from Hall Financial is the answer you're looking for. You made thousands of dollars you didn't even know about. The average house in this area has gained over $30,000 in value in the last year. Consolidate all your debt into one manageable mortgage payment. Hear what I just told you. Hall Financial can get you your cash out refinance payment in as little as eight business days. That's true, is it not, Mark? It is, yeah. They're very, very fast. Start the process. 866-CALL-HALL or online at callhallfirst.com. Callhallfirst.com. Thank you. All right. Now, you guys want to hang for this, okay? You, you, you want to know what kind of people. And again, you all know I am no Republican fanboy. You know that, don't you, Joe? You, you do. I know. I'm like, I look at you and go, what the hell is the man with you? Think for yourself, brother. Right. Okay. Right. Write that down. <laughs> with all those notes you got down there yeah can we get can we can we, we joe just, yeah, can, we, can you you're gonna get my sandals tilt tilt that camera down and, and at, at joe's feet is hippie sandals and all the notes can you can you can you tip a little bit? probably doesn't go that far i told him oh there it goes oh. there it goes look at all like, oh my look at he's so nervous to be on he's, he's got all these notes like written in like little mouse that's ciphering a, that's a good guest I don't want it. Here, give me, hold on a second. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, you see these notes. <laughs> oh, no. He threatened this. Here goes here. Oh, oh. Sorry, bro. Here. I don't have anything to talk about anymore. Here you go, bro. Right there. Light about fire, brother. It's no notes. I told you. There's, it's a no-note exam. Here, hold that. <laughs> Grace. Now what? Oh, shit. Building's on fire. It's this all right. thing's all concrete. We'll it's all fine. asbestos and concrete. Yeah, we'll Don't worry, bud. We'll just have cancer in a few years. Okay, listen. I'm going to tell you something. The Tracy Cornack, the treasurer for the Democratic Party of Michigan. It's a big one. That's a top five Democrat in this state. That would be like Whitmer, Nestle, the AG, uh, the, the party president, maybe Mike Duggan, the mayor of Detroit, and this woman, the treasurer. Yeah. Okay, so Joe... Joe's working, and what's this funny billing she's sending the nursing home for a client that you have, correct? Correct. Okay. So, you know, we all did that story. We've heard nothing. I'm on, I'm on Whitmer commercials, and I've heard nothing. I call Whitmer, but hey, what, what, about, what, what about the treasurer? Nothing. <laughs> I call the party. What about the treasurer? Nothing. And I'm on your fucking commercial. So I made you a commercial. Me and Byron decided to go to Grand Rapids and find Miss Kornack. And do we have it? Yeah. Good.
Tracy Kornack, a slip and fall lawyer from Grand Rapids and the treasurer of the Michigan Democratic Party, was accused last month by a nursing home director of trying to scam an insurance company of $50,000 in the name of an elderly brain damaged woman. That nursing home director, Joe LeBlanc, has since been fired. That's not the reason they gave me, but I think that's pretty much it. Um, but you know, what are you gonna do? I, I feel like I did the right thing. Um, you know, if somebody came to me and said, I think your business manager's shady, like, I'd be grateful. Meanwhile, Kornak and the Democrats are silent, hoping it all dies away. No way, we say. So we went to Grand Rapids to find Kornak's office. Tracy Kornak? No. Was it ever? I don't think so. Nope, not here either. P.O. box? What kind of law office is that? That's a very small, must be little furniture in that office. Finding no office, we went to Kornak's house in suburban Grand Rapids. Hello? People were inside. I saw the blinds moving, but they pretended they weren't inside. I'd like to talk to you about one of your clients. Did, in fact, your daughter apply $50,000 of care to this old woman? And why are you using somebody else's tax ID number? There is no record of your daughter being there. We like answers. We care about our old people. And then someone screamed out the window. Get the fuck out of that mailbox. I just caught you on camera. Say what? Let's hear that one more time. Get the fuck out of that mailbox! I just caught you on camera! M-Effer, from the upstairs window. Not what I'd expect from one of the most powerful Democrats in Michigan. That was friendly. Must be a lawyer. Neighbor said, I shouldn't be surprised. I moved in here. First thing she said to me was, move your car to move my mailbox while we're unpacking. So. And ever since then, it's just been hate. Oh, never spoke to me. Never waves, nothing. Only that one time. That's the only time I've ever spoken with her. Really? How, how long have you lived here? Six years. Oh, yeah. Wow. So when my husband's outside, like we had somebody measuring for the property lines. You can't put up a fence there. That's my property line. So the guy said, no, it's not. That's their property line. So. Tracy, why can't you be nicer to your neighbor Terry over here? In the end, this is about the elderly of Michigan and how we treat them. Governor Gretchen Whitmer still refuses to address the true number of nursing home dead under her COVID policies. And her treasurer, Tracy Kornack, refuses to address $50,000 in mysterious billings she tried to pocket in the name of a brain-damaged woman. And the man who blew the whistle on this all, he's out on his ass. I mean, at the end of the day, I want to look back and be able to say five, ten years from now, I did the right thing. And... Um, you know, to hell with the consequences, really. But, um, no, I, I knew what was going to happen. I knew this was going to come. And um, I really feel good about what was said and what was done. And this is why people are afraid to do right by each other. The consequences. Joe's not afraid, and we're not afraid. We'll stay on this. 
We promise. Yes, indeed. Hmm? Now we got uh, Nursing Home Joe here. His appearance is brought to you by Legacy Partners Insurance. If you care about your old people, if you're approaching 65 and you're going to get on Medicare, right? People are calling you or your parents soliciting them. Don't pick up the phone. It's illegal. You want somebody you can trust that's going to help you sit at your table, drink the coffee with you, come up with something that's good for you, the doctors you want, cheaper prescriptions. It's free for you. It's free. You call today. They'll call you back today. And if they don't, you call me and I'll make sure. I'm very happy people are calling them. Please call them. It's important. It's important to the program. It's important to you. It's important to your parents. And if they're already on Medicare, they have a window each year to change their provider, change their prescriptions, change their riders, and they do it for free. Legacy Partners, 586-209-4106. I really believe in them. I talk to them every week. We have a beer occasionally just to talk about it. I asked my mom, hey, mom, why don't you sit down and, and, and talk to me, a friend of mine. She goes, you know, I'm, 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 pre- I'm pretty good with it. You, you know how the elderly are. They, they start getting crotchety and weird. And, and my mom's like, I don't belong to the age of cell phones. Yeah. I just don't. I, I, I refuse to participate. I say, mom, everything you put on on cable, they're measuring. Mom, they know when you're using your electricity. Mom, they know what hour you put on the gas. Yeah. You're part of this era, ma. So... I'm going to get her there, but I'm not going to force her. That's not what we do with our elders. We respect them. We try to look out for them. And one way to do that is Legacy Partners, 586-209-4106. And speaking of which, what up, baby? Joe LeBlanc, formerly the CEO of Heather Hills Assisted Living. Beautiful facility. Thank you. Dude, you're out on your ass, but you knew it would happen. I did. I, I had a feeling this was coming. And Mark asked in the last interview I did with you, and it's like, why don't pe- more people speak up? And that's Now we know. Yep. Hang out with you guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, why'd you do it? Uh, well, I mean, let's just... What people don't realize, this is not political for me um, by any means. But last year I reported to our residents that 125 assisted livings had closed their doors. That number is now up to 630. 600 old people homes have closed since COVID. That's 15%. 15%. Yeah. And what's the industry look like right now? They, the organization I was just a part of came out and they did a survey and 53% of them said that they do not think that they will make it through the year. 53% of the old folks' homes, whether they be adult foster care, senior living, federal uh, licensed nursing homes, all of that together that we were supposed to count, that you blew the whistle on, that they, Whitmer's administration did not count, despite saying that was the law, are right. going to close. Right. And, and the baby boomer started in 46, right? 46. That means the true wave of retirees are now coming upon us, right? That, that yeah. was the beginning. So those, those born in 57 are now retiring. What are we going to do with everybody? I have no idea. I, I don't know what we're going to do with the people that are being displaced right now. I mean, you, you just put that in Michigan terms. There are 135 long-term care beds. 15% of that, that's 
what, 20,000? Where did they go? I can't accept people. Most of these places, seniors can't find care right now because staffing is just horrible. But I don't know what we're going to do coming up. Hey, Karen and Pete, I mean, you know, you were Michigan's representative to the United States Congress. If there's one thing that we did learn in COVID, it was the miserable treatment that the elderly get. If there's one thing we know, that's where people died. If there's one thing we know, this administration refused then and to this day to count them. Why isn't there a holistic end-of-life care movement and legislative package to write this? Because it's a time bomb. That's a great question. Um, you of course know, it honest, is. You know, that's why, that's that's why we're top 200 level. in America. I think the, the broad brush is that all of the things that happened during COVID, I think there's some who just want to turn a blind eye to it and say, well, uh, you know, that was the past. That was the past. I mean, we still have the issues of long-term you know, damage that we've done to children by shutting them out of schools. Uh, I mean, they're increasing kind of racial and wealth disparities in education because of those policies. And that's before you get into what you were talking about. I mean, the, the long-term care facilities, the nursing homes, and all the impacts there. I mean, by God, we need to have thorough investigations and thorough audits of what occurred, uh, if for the least, making sure it doesn't happen again. So we can fix it. Think. So we can actually fix it. So we can learn from our mistakes. And Peter, uh, you, um, um, Joe lives in your area. You should know each other. Joe was uh, the vice president of the board of the Assisted Living Association of Michigan. This is no joker. They, they never bothered to count. And I refuse in this election cycle to pretend like COVID never happened. Huh? Right. Now or never. I don't want to be in one, dude. Are you, well, you, you, you're dumbstruck because I burned your notes. No, no but I think, I think Peter's exactly right. You know, if, how do you, clearly something went wrong, but how do you fix this if you don't even acknowledge that there's a problem? And, and we're, there's no discussions, there's no investigations, there's nothing. And I, I'll say this, and now I can. Um, the, the biggest threat we faced was from government leaders, politics. And I mean, you take COVID itself. I'm trying to do everything I can to keep COVID out of my building. And here come orders saying, going into your building. You got to take them in. Take them in. Was that, you know, the Whitmer trying to dodge that. Is it a fact that you had to accept COVID positive people back into your facility? We were supposed to take COVID positive people back into our facility if we could take care of them. If not, they had to go to a nursing home. But again, they're dealing with the same issues we are. And if are. the nursing home was full, you had to take them back. There was yeah. no, other, no other choice. Yeah. And I don't have just one, one person with COVID. I have to dedicate five people out of my staff to do that. And let's not, let's not forget something. The woke crowd on the left side, when, when, the, when the legislature finally got its constitutional power back, they passed legislation saying you may not put COVID-infected elderly in the building with non-COVID elderly, that we're going to have separate facilities. We're going to build them. And Whitmer vetoed it, and my new state senator voted against it. I'm not going to forget it. Am I more liberal than you? Am I more of a humanist than the party with the peace sign and the dubs? The fuck did we do? I, I think the answer is the fact it kind of echoes back to what uh, what Peter said earlier, and that's 
hey, by the time it's a problem again, we'll be out of office. Kind of like inflation. It's just kicking the can down the road. I meant to follow that up with Peter. Peter, is is that really, you know, the attitude on Capitol Hill in D.C.? Hey, we know it's voodoo, but we'll be gone. Is that really the culture? I would say the culture is more if if you try to change it or fix it or make improvements, you are touching it. And if you touch it, you own it as opposed to ignoring it. You can't really be held responsible in as concrete a way because the information doesn't really work in that direction. Right. So there's a tendency to just let problems fester rather than try to address it. I mean, think of like social security, you say, okay, I have a plan. Next thing you know, there's going to be an ad run where I'm pushing, you know, grandma in a wheelchair and throwing her off a cliff. Right. I mean, that is the challenge here is as soon as you start to tackle the problem, even in good faith, even in a bipartisan way, frankly, uh, you're opening up a potential can of worms. And so then what is the incentive? You leave it alone and the problem gets worse. It's like fixing the roads. Right. I mean, here in Michigan, it's like fixing the roads. I got got a good one for you. I got a good one. Go ahead. Well, I I think Peter's exactly right. I mean, what we're seeing right now is we're I I feel we're in the calm before the storm. Like this is coming. This is reality. And if if we're already at 15 percent have closed their doors and 53 are saying a year from now, like, why is this not being addressed? Where are 65,000 seniors going to go? And, you know, it's going to come if if this isn't addressed. It's already here. And, you know, it's interesting Joe won't won't even vote for Peter. Really? He, yeah, well, he's, oh he's, my God. he's too liberal. Well, we're too much alike. I, I got <laughs> I got involved in politics and I lost my job too. So well, P got to just dye his hair a little bit, or you might want to put a little bleach in yours, bro, and you, you could be the Beach Boys again. God. Okay, listen. Here, here's what else is not fixed. My rant brought to you by ADR Consultants, experienced overseeing more than $250 million in private and public construction projects since 2001. Watch this. Oh, look, a beer appeared. Just, <laughs> just, just like that. I just, I just have to do that. Thank you. Um, ADR is competent. They can get it done. Reduce your costs, increase your bottom line. ADR saved clients millions. Honest, ethical, smart. Uh, they're experts in procurement and government compliance. Think about that, Pete. And information technology. That's Barry Ellentuck at 248-318-9424 for a consultation. Get the job right. Uh, done right on time, on budget, ADR. 248-318-9424. Now, get ready. Strap in there, man, and listen, listen to this one. There is one final disturbing detail you should all know about the death of Detroit police officer Lauren Quartz, who was murdered last month while responding to a gunman firing from a window. Quartz was transported to the hospital in the back of a squad car. There's no official explanation as to why an ambulance never made the scene. A shooting victim pinging around in the back of a sedan is not an ideal scenario. But an ambulance did, in fact, stage somewhere near the scene six minutes after the radio call was broadcast. But that was a full two minutes after Quartz had been spirited away to Sinai Grace Hospital in the back of a cruiser. This is customary practice in the Motor City. Nowhere else I've worked. Police here simply do not wait for EMS because a timely response cannot be counted on. We wait for EMS for the bad guy is what a ranking cop tells me. If it's a cop, we got a pact among each other. Don't wait for the ambulance. Just get me there. Things are so bad 
that many police officers now carry tourniquets in their utility belts. One cop I know carries tampons to plug bullet holes when he can find the tampons. A similar attitude about ambulance response times exists among the paramedics and EMTs of the Detroit Fire Department. The police know we're not going to be there in time, a veteran tells me, a longtime friend I've known and driven around with. He tells me, we know it too. There are no units available all day, every day. If I take a bullet, put me in the back of an ice cream truck or a rickshaw. Just get me to the hospital. Now, the lives of emergency personnel mean no more or less than anyone else's life. But if this is how the men and women who wear the badge are cared for, imagine what the ordinary citizen gets in the dead of night. The fire department brass insists that response times have steadily improved since Detroit's historic bankruptcy. But that may have more to do with the fact that firefighters now respond to emergency ambulance calls, thus stopping the clock while waiting for an ambulance to arrive to actually get him to a hospital. All firefighters are trained to do is apply bandages and eject Narcan for drug overdoses. Now, in the meantime, more than 60% of the city's highly trained paramedics have left the department for better paying positions in the suburbs or new careers altogether. For his part, Mayor Mike Duggan never met a data point he couldn't torture. A few years ago, he and his chief, you remember him, Craig, I wonder how he did on the write-in campaign. They were crowing about falling police response times to 911 calls. As it turned out, the police department was averaging in traffic stops. Traffic stops. That's zero-second response time. Add those in, and you cut response times in half. Now, as for the city council, it approved $60 million in tax abatements for Dan Gilbert's troubled skyscraper last week and $10 million more in demolition contracts despite an ongoing federal investigation into that program. In its great wisdom, hear me now, in its great wisdom, the council rejected a $1.1 million contract paid for with the Biden money, so nothing on the taxpayer here, a $1.1 million contract for 50 Chevy sedans to be used by police detectives to investigate violent crime in the neighborhoods. Councilman Scott Benson, you remember him, the one the FBI raided last year, explained that he simply could not support, quote, antiquated technology. I'm going to quote the man. We have to move the city of Detroit towards a more sustainable future, he said. Purchasing internal combustion engines is a non-starter for me, end quote. Meanwhile, Councilman Benson and the rest of the gang up there still take home tax-funded internal combustion vehicles. We make these products. (laughs) This is what we do here, Scott. The cops need cars. You don't. When will politicians like you realize there's no sustainable future in Detroit without a robust police force and an ambulance that arrives on time? God damn. Nursing homes, police, cops, roads. (laughs) We don't fix anything. That's what Pete was saying. Free free sedans. Is Pete gone too? Karen had to leave. He had to bolt it too. Okay, they had to leave. Okay, so it's a... Nothing's getting fixed, bro. No. We're no. for the people, man. We're, we're, we're in the middle. What's up, brother? What's up, Red? No, I'm good, man. Mm-hmm. Nothing. What's this election about? 
Like, uh, we got a kid in. Hey, JJ, what, what's going on, dude? Hey, dude, I'm sure you would like all this, right? Green energy, like zero emissions. That'll be great, right? Money for everybody. Love it. Housing, cheap housing. You know what I mean? Send me a check, governor. <laughs> birthday cakes on my birthday. Can I have that? A birthday cake? <laughs> JJ would like a birthday cake. Like every weekend. And how about a kitty cat unicorn, kid? You want Ooh. one of those? He don't want one of those. My daughter wants one of those. Throw in a kitty cat unicorn. I, I don't know why uh, Benson can't do both, right? Can't look towards the future for your electric cars if that's what means that much to you. But right now, with Biden money and sedans that can be used, there, there's no excuse for voting that down. Dude. It's fucking stupid. The police. Let, let me give you what happened last weekend, okay? You know those... ATV gangs that go around, like all the cities now, like 100 ATVs just tearing it up. Mm -hmm. Police follow them back to headquarters, the ATV gang headquarters. And they show up and they impound a bunch of ATVs. There you go. Okay. We're going to be proactive because the Detroit police do not chase under any circumstance. If you want to get away with it, just drive away. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Mayor. I told them, but they already know. Uh, on an ATV. Huh? On an ATV? On anything. On anything. Did, no, okay. there, are no, there are no police chases. Yeah. Well, the state police had that issue with the ATV. I'm not talking about the okay. state police or Sorry. the issue. Sorry. I'm on fire today, bro. No, I, I, I think your notes caught my pants <laughs> on fire. <laughs> so they don't chase. Okay, so the ATV gang, they take their ATVs and they throw them in the police impound lot. You know what the ATV gang did? Take them back. They went to the <laughs> impound lot and stole them back from the police. <laughs> you, if, I, if I went to Hollywood, I'm going to make a Netflix movie. They wouldn't even believe this bullshit. Do you know how many shootings we had last weekend? Two days? 31 shootings. Seven of them ended in murder. Want to know how many Chicago had? 31. No. We had 31. Chicago had 30. And four murders. Chicago's more than four times larger. It ain't working here, man. It's, it's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Where are you, Governor Whitmer? Where are you, Senator McMorrow? You now represent it. You don't even begin to understand what's happening here. They call you back yet? I don't care. I'm, I got congressmen calling, Democrats calling. <laughs> Just, I know. But she said she'd call I'm you here back. with my friends right now. You know, yeah. by the way, yeah, we're, we're getting around the shadow ban, but do me, it doesn't hurt you. Share it. I want to see. You know, these interactions, you, like Facebook says they send it to so many people. If 1% of the people that see it react, that's considered good. Two weeks ago, we had 105%. You know what I mean? We're breaking, breaking records by all measures. And no, it's what it is. Political operatives going, they're, they're not telling the truth about COVID. They're not telling the truth about the nursing homes. There's the truth about nursing homes. There's a man that did right. There, there's a man you're all looking for in America. He did the right thing and you know what happened. So I know a lot of you out there. I know your lawyers and contractors. I know you're going along with this. I know nobody wants to suffer, you know, a missed mortgage payment or scratching to get the kid to college, but you're helping this go around. You really are. And somebody got to stand up. I, I am proud to know you do. Yeah, same to you. Very Thank much you. so. Very much so. What else? What else went on? Uh, uh, there was a riot in, you know, juvenile jail. They got that going on. Um, 
downtown this week. You know how many? There's going to be a convention on, on Monday. Want to know how many cop cars until they had a call for backup? You know how many cop cars were patrolling all of downtown Detroit from the hockey arena to the river in between the two freeways? Want to know how many squad cars? Uh, yeah. One. One? One. With a convention in town? No, they're coming. So oh, they're I'm coming. assuming Soon there's going to be a lot more. Everybody, because... everybody, pay attention. Yeah. I, they're going to bring them in from the neighborhood. They're going to do overtime. Pay attention to what happens in the neighborhoods. You got to make those conventions safe, or else they aren't going to have any more conventions. This is a fucking screw shell the, game. Screw man. the neighborhoods, right? Yeah, no, it's a shell game. Well, they were screwing downtown. It's not working here. Yeah, until there's a convention. So gotta, we, we're we're going to have to do it. Take my face off your commercial. End of business. I'll check that in a minute. But finally, I want to say this. Do we... Oh, you didn't even play that video of like, the, the crime going on. I can okay. do it. You no, want? no, it's okay. too late, man. Dude, you're really fucking up here. I was ready for it. Annoying the shit out of me. So I'm going to go. What, I do what happened last week? What happened last week where? With this program? Yeah. Uh, the encoder failed on the computer, so it stuttered. But the podcast went out and sounded great, I thought. Yeah, it was a smash success, actually. Was it really? Yeah, because you can't shadow ban us on like iTunes. It's like 90,000 people. That's a good point, yeah. But you want to know the one, top 1% of podcasts Yeah. Right in America average about 35,000 downloads. Mm -hmm. So if you're getting 60, 70, 80, man, that's not bad. Mm -hmm. And it's all because of you. Because we're, we're not going to bullshit. So I, I want to finish that point. I'm looking at Jesus Hippie. He's like finished the point. Share it. Do me a favor. Share it. Not because I'm begging for shares. You know I never do. I want to see. Because, you know, the way the, the algorithm works, if you like it, that's good. If you give it a smiley face, they like it even better. If you comment on it, if you watch it, if you share it. So I want to see. Sounds good. It's your least favorite part. I do know that. No, but I, I, no, I, I, know I do you want to see. Mm -hmm. I get two shits, man. I'm here, man. Sure. Can't touch me. But they're trying. Mm -hmm. American Coney Island. Beautiful joint. Did you, did you see the Today Show? I did, yeah. With Al Roker? Well done. And, and, and the whole morning crew? Did you see it? I did. You did? I did. The biggest morning show. You saw it way over there in Grand Rapids. I did. They got, they got TV over there. <laughs> it's national. <laughs> it's national. It's national. What a smart ass. It's a, I'm in the sticks, dude. I mean, you, you guys still got the bunny ears, right? And those, like, those, those gigantic uh, antennas. Yeah, on top of your that, roof. That you hang your laundry on? We got police cars. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn, snap. He's blowing the whistle oh, again. Sorry about that. So that's on the Today Show. It's beautiful. It's like a, was it a 10 minute segment. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're all eating it, you know, on set. The, the host, she says, oh my God, it snaps. That's, that's a delicious casing. She knows her business, must mm -hmm. be Greek. So Al Roker, they're doing this in order to promote Al Roker's new show on Peacock, whatever it is, Al, Al Roker Eats or whatever it's called. Yeah. And it's, it's a half hour special on there. Really nice. Al Roker sits at the American Coney, calls it, a dynasty, a Detroit dynasty. It is. It, it is because the only things that really last a hundred years in Detroit, the last hundred years, are cars, corruption, <laughs> and American Coney Island. It is. I mean, when you say Detroit, that's what it is. So, where was any tweets from City Hall? I know we make Time Magazine five places to be, yeah. or all the other bullshit we get. Somebody nationally, the biggest show on TV, just gave it. Gave a, an iconic place love? Nothing? Yeah. Nothing? No highlighting news, it. No newspaper picked it up? With all the other bullshit they do? What's the problem? Oh, that's right. 
got to remember who the, the boss is here. Woman, right? Independent, mm -hmm. raised carols, mm -hmm. speaks her mind. Takes no shit. Doesn't take no shit. Holds down the center of Detroit, right? Mm -hmm. Like nonpartisan, calls it out. You know, it's not the bricks they like. It's the personalities. Yeah. Her, like her grandpa and her father, right? Same with Ali over there at Lafayette, which mm -hmm. I do not recommend. <laughs> I'm just I'm going to leave it at that. I'm with you. I'm going to leave it at that. There's a lot of inside information to know. <laughs> just look up the health reports online. Speaking of the health reports. So the very day that American Coney Island appears on the Today Show, what happens in the middle of lunch rush? The health department shows up. Didn't they, Mr. Mayor? Health department showed up. In the middle of lunch. In the middle of lunch. Got a report. Somebody wasn't feeling well after eating. Can I see the report? Don't have it. Well, can I find the report? You'll have to FOIA it. Okay. So they do the inspection. Flying colors. Flying colors. Yeah, of course. Flying colors. Of course. We really take care of it. A lot of money goes into taking care of a landmark. That's good, right? Yeah. Then the next day, here comes the health department for the full inspection. Just had one three months ago. Wow. So what gives? That is called a shadow ban. Wow. Governor don't like what I'm saying. Doesn't like... You know, what we do doesn't like when when uh, Grace Carroll's asked the governor, hey, what you doing eating at Lafayette? Whatever happened to your, you know, mm -hmm. female-run businesses? Where, where you at with all that? Yeah. Hmm. So get the game. Get the game. It's a joke. But there's enough of us, right? Hmm? There is the people at American Coney Island. There is the people at Heather Hills. There are the people at the No Bullshit News Hour. Drew Lane, the Drew and Mike podcast. Listen to it. It's a great show. It's fun. It's a voice you know. He touches on everything. That's another place to go. Like we're together. So stay together. We all want to be together. Anything else you want to say before we get out? No. I'm good. All right. <laughs> then that's that. Hey, Mark, way to go. Hey, Mannequin Joe. It didn't blow up. <laughs> Baby steps, right? Karen, love you. Hurry home. Thank you, out on your ass, Representative Peter Meyer. Great guy. And out on your ass, Nursing Home Executive Joe LeBlanc. So thank, you, thank you, Joe. I mean, my pleasure. It was, oh, it ain't trying. over. He's trying. Joe, yeah. did you did you let the authorities in on the on the I documents? Did. I did. The authority. We'll the, see where it goes. The Attorney General now has the documents. We'll see where that goes. Oh, we'll stay on it. Take my face. Out your fucking mouth. Peace.